Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and in his teaching said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve, <clears throat> the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secrets of the kingdom God has given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables, so that <clears throat> they may never they may be ever seeing but never preserved and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like, like seed along the path where they were is some. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and asks, and takes away the word that was soon sown in them. Others like seeds sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. So others like seeds sown among thorns heard the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfuls of wealth and the for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfaith. Others like seeds sown on good soil hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times what was sown. Thank you, Isabel, and thank you, class. Let's give one more hand for that. This Sunday school class taught by uh, Meg and Kara has been going through many parables uh, of Jesus this fall. And today we have, actually, you know what? (laughs) 
Today, we have one of Jesus' most important parables, and it's important because it's a parable about every other parable. It's a parable that teaches us and warns us about how we should and shouldn't listen to the rest of what Jesus has to say. Let's pause and, and pray as we come to the word this morning. Lord, till the soil of our hearts that the word planted in us would be fruitful and that this would be to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a bit of family lore, it's not lore because it's true, but a, a story in our household that uh, happened when Asher was about two years old. He and my mom were making chocolate chip cookies at our house. And they got to the point where they were balling it up and, and putting the dough on the cookie sheet. But Asher just kept putting the dough into his mouth. <laughs> and so after two or three bites, my mom says, okay, Asher, let's save the rest for the cookies. Let's not eat anymore. So he said, okay, Grandma, and took some more for his mouth. Okay, Asher, we need to stop eating the dough now. Okay, Grandma. And he just kept saying, okay, Grandma, and eating it. Okay, Grandma, and eating it. I asked Asher for permission, permission to share this story. You, you know what it's like when someone is hearing but not really listening. We do that all the time. You may be talking with your friend or, or your wife or husband and, and suddenly you realize, I have no idea what you just told me. <laughs> I was hearing, but I wasn't listening. In the same way, Jesus teaches us, everyone who hears the word of God doesn't really listen to the word of God. And that mere contact with these great truths and, and, and God's word does not change people. You know, right this very minute, millions of people in our country are hearing sermons. How many of them are being changed deeply to produce fruit in their lives? Well, Mark chapter 4 verse 1 sets a scene for us that the crowd coming to Jesus was so big that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. You can go to a place near Capernaum today on the shore of Lake Galilee where there is a bowl-like cove where the slopes go steeply up from the water and someone sitting in a boat can be heard by thousands of people on the shore. It's called the Bay of Parables or the Cove of the Sower today. And so you can imagine all the men and women and children on the, the shore as Jesus speaks to them and teaches them. And I believe he feels compassion and longing for them because he knows that everything hinges on how they respond to his words and to his person. The stakes are high because if they listen to what he says and internalize it, there's incredible abundance. There's salvation. If they don't, if they hear but don't listen, then nothing lasting will grow. 
and they won't be saved. And it's the same today. When we read God's word or hear a sermon or otherwise encounter Jesus' teaching, the stakes are high. Because what matters is not that we merely hear the words, but that they get deep into our hearts and produce great fruit. So if I could sum up this message and this parable in one word, it would be the word listen. Listen. Ten times in Mark chapter 4, the words hear or listen are used. And I think that's because the message is clear that we need to be listeners. We need to be good listeners to God's word. And so we have the parable of the sower, which uh, shows us, makes us consider what kind of listeners we are. Jesus has these four different types of soil in his parable that correspond to four different kinds of people, four kinds of listeners. So let's go through those one at a time and be asking, what kind of listener am I? So the first is the seed that fell on the path. Verse 3 says this, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. You might be asking, why would a farmer throw perfectly good seed on a path, right? There's no point in trying to plant something on the hard-packed earth. But you have to understand, in these ancient Palestinian fields, don't picture like a 20-acre flat field with a big tractor rolling around it. This was like subsistence farming in the nooks and crannies and hills and dells of this rocky, slopey land. And so, and there were also footpaths crisscrossing people's land. <clears throat> so there might be a field with a little narrow path running through it. And the farmer would just scatter the seed every which way to make sure that not one square inch of good soil was wasted. Because you needed to get everything you could out of that rocky, dry soil. God is the same way. You could almost accuse God of being wasteful, sending his word out to, indiscriminately to people who, who may or may not listen. Because he does not want to miss a single receptive heart. But this also means that some word, some seed will fall on the path and that many who hear it will never give it the chance to sink in. Jesus even says there's a spiritual battle going on here where Satan tries to prevent people. Paul says he has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. Prevent people from even... Uh, even really understanding what it means. There, I call this group the impervious because nothing gets through. And so verse, uh, in the explanation of the parable, Jesus says in verse 15, some people are like seeds scattered along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. My friend Jason McConnell is a pastor in Franklin, Vermont, and one of his 
One of his biggest ministries is doing funerals for people that don't have a pastor. He does between 30 and 40 funerals per year. And most of them are from folks in the community, outside the church. He was telling me recently, <clears throat> he went through a pretty discouraging stretch where he said, it seemed like at every funeral I did, I would put so much work into listening to this family and contextualizing the gospel and preaching it as clearly and as plainly as I could. And he said, I would look out and see people like yawning and checking their watches and thinking, probably thinking like, man, when will this guy be done so I can go out and have a beer? You know? Like the seed was just hitting that hard path and not getting in at all. Unfortunately, some people are like that. Then we have the seed that fell on rocky ground. Verse 5 says, Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. And then in the explanation, Jesus says, The seed sown in rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. You see, many people have an enthusiastic response to God's word initially. But the only thing that grows is the stalk and some leaves. So it seems like it's doing what it should at first. It's growing. There's something coming up. But there's no fruit yet. And before the fruit can have a chance to be born, the sun comes up, which means trouble comes, persecution comes. And, so, and people say, I didn't sign up for this. I thought that following Jesus was going to be uh, fulfilling to me and give me uh, true happiness and make my life better, not make my life harder. And what Jesus says is that this is not a problem of perseverance, but a problem of superficial listening. Like these people didn't truly understand what was being offered. Maybe they think, Following Jesus is a nice upgrade to life. Or that Jesus promises it's going to be a bed of roses. And so when this doesn't happen, they fall away. On the outside, they look like other people who are growing in their faith for a time. But on the inside, they have the wrong expectations. They maybe have a hard, rocky heart that is not allowing God's word to sink deeply in and change them. I wonder if you've ever been in that place yourself. Right? When trouble has come, persecution or trials, and you are tempted to turn away from God, or maybe you have for a season and then come back. The good news here is that these are not fixed categories that Jesus sorts people into, that you are only this or only this. I believe we can go through seasons of being impervious. We can go through seasons of having rocky soil. But what kind of a listener are you today? 
Well, the third group, the third kind of soil is the, the thorny soil, people that I'll call the distracted. And I wonder if Jesus was aiming this particularly at us, at our 21st century American culture. Listen to what he says in verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. And over in verse 18. Still others like seed sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Again, there's growth, there's there's a stalk, there's some leaves, there's what looks like is going to be good fruit, but then there's distraction. You know, we live in the most prosperous place and time in the history of the planet, 21st century United States. We may not realize that because none of us here are super wealthy. Um, but no matter what income bracket you are in, you live in a time of incredible prosperity and the narrative of our age is that you need more stuff, more money, more security, more comfort, more fun, more satisfaction, more, more, more to be happy. And that is a very dangerous and deadly narrative to believe and is responsible, I think, for many people falling away from the faith, being distracted, being tempted, being diverted from following Jesus, from going after these other idols and, and other things that are enticing to us. The sociologist uh, Neil Postman decades ago wrote a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death in which he talked about this blight on American culture of constant entertainment and stimulation and boy, if he could have seen the age of social media. <laughs> There's so many things clamoring for our attention. So many bright flashing lights. But those things choke the word. They prevent us from deeply considering what Jesus is saying here. A recent survey published by the Institute for Bible Reading says this. <clears throat> the average household in North America owns four Bibles. And the average Christian household has 11 Bibles. Boy, we are so close to the Word of God, aren't we? We have so much access to the seed that can have this explosive growth in our lives. And yet it goes on. Every day, 700 people stop reading their Bible for good. And so there's just more distractions and less interest in the Word of God. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, right? Where moth and rust, moth, moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And in Mark chapter 10, we'll, we'll find out in a while as, as the story continues, a rich man comes to Jesus and says, what must I do to have eternal life? You know this story. 
And Jesus puts his finger on the main thing keeping him from God, which is his wealth. So Jesus says, sell all you have and give to the poor and then come follow me. And it says, the man went away sad because he had great wealth. So are you a listener who is like that? Are you distracted by the, the pleasures and the, and the deceitfulness of wealth? Look, wealth is deceiving because it offers you something that it doesn't actually provide. It says, if you obey me, if you live for me, I'll give you happiness. But it always disappoints you on that front. So are you a listener who is distracted or do you, do you deeply consider God's word? Well, the last soil here, the, the fourth soil, is the good soil. And it's interesting, there are three bad soils, and yet the good soil has three good responses, 30, 60, and 100 times. So some of the seed, he says, fell on good soil, verse 8. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. And in verse 20, Jesus says, um, these are people who hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. What's interesting is that word here in verse 20 is different than the other words for here in this chapter. The other, the other soils hear the word one time. They hear it, one and done. But this word for here is an ongoing hearing and considering and internalizing. So it's all about how you listen. <clears throat> a farmer's goal is a good crop, right? I was texting with Jeff Sweeney this week, who's a dairy farmer down in Georgia Shore. I was like, hey Jeff, how, what is your crop yield every year like I'm trying to compare something in, in modern day farming to what Jesus was talking about like if you sow one seed of wheat one kernel of wheat and get a stock with 30 kernels on it that's a 30 right 30 times what was sown and it doesn't quite work the same way with corn but Jeff told me that on average he sows 640,000 seeds of corn on all his land which produce an average of 320 tons of corn silage per year. Now, if I did the math right, that comes out to an average of one seed producing one pound of produce, which I'd say is pretty good, right? One tiny little seed that wouldn't barely register on the scale, producing a whole pound of silage for the cows to eat. Right? That's what a farmer is after, is, is abundance, multiplication. And in the same way, Jesus' words, if we internalize them and, and accept them and, and, and really let them grow in us, if we're the good soil, his word has power to produce abundance in our lives. The fruit of the Spirit 
Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Deep love for others, contentment, godly character, wisdom, and of course, multiplication. Because every seed that grows more seeds will grow more seeds and then more seeds. And so the, the model of the kingdom is not that one person would come to faith by addition, but that there'd be an exponential multiplication of followers of Jesus. One seed producing 60 more, each producing 100 more. This is the abundant life <clears throat> Jesus talks about. And in God's economy, the difference between all the bad soils and the good soils is infinite, right? The bad soils produce nothing. The good soil produces everything, infinitely more. Another pastor friend of mine said something years ago that still sticks with me. He said, Tyler, I have been amazed at two things in my church. I've been amazed at the receptivity and the hunger for growth that some people have. And I've been amazed at the hard-heartedness and imperviousness of others. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. Those who are good soil produce so much. I, I wonder, if you were to think about a Christian that you deeply admire, someone you look up to who's a hero in the faith to you. It could be a person in your family. It could be someone you've read about. I can guarantee you, you think, what is the secret? Why is that person so mature and so full of God's love? I can guarantee you that person has listened deeply to Jesus. And let his words sink in. Because look, discipleship or growing in faith is not a series of, of things we do to get ourselves better. It's simply becoming receptive to the, to the power of God's word. The seed has all the power to change us if we will only be open and receptive. But we still have to talk about these puzzling verses in the middle here between Jesus' parable and the explanation. I wonder if when these were read, you thought, that's weird. It kind of sounds like Jesus doesn't want people to understand, right? Let me read these verses again, verse, starting in verse 10. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. So that, and then he quotes from Isaiah, they may be seeing but never perceiving and hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. What on earth do we make of that? Well, I'll tell you. Um, <clears throat> this Jesus is saying here that everything depends on how you listen the outsiders quote unquote are the people who do not listen 
The insiders are the people who do listen to Jesus. And a parable, you may have heard that a parable is a story that makes the truth easy to understand, but that's not true. A parable, which means to, to go alongside or next to life using examples from real life, a parable is meant to present a deep truth that must be considered deeply to be unlocked, like a riddle, right? And the same parable, one person can say, eh, yeah, whatever, who cares? I'm not interested in figuring that one out. And another person can say, hmm, I wonder what God is telling me right now. And so that sorts between the people who are ever hearing but never perceiving, never understanding, and those who, who are forgiven. And I think there's some irony in Jesus' words here. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Like, the last thing you'd want is to, is to turn and be forgiven, right? Jesus is not saying in this parable that some people are just simply on the outside and damned to destruction and sucks to be them. But you on the inside, you've got it. Otherwise, why would he tell us to listen and pay attention and consider how we hear? Anyone can move from the outside to the inside by listening to Jesus. That's what makes you good soil. Just listen, consider, internalize. Don't get distracted. I, um, I, never mind, I'm going to skip that because I think I'm running late here. Um, ask me after the service. <laughs> so final, final application. What do we do about this? How can you be a good listener? When you, number one, when you hear a sermon or read the Bible or come across a truth uh, of God, are you tuned in? Are you really tuned in? How do you listen? Do you say, that was a nice sermon, or, well, that was an interesting passage? Or do you ask, what does God want me to do about this? Right? Because that's how you know it's gone from superficial to deep, is when you connect the circuit, complete the circuit, and say, what should I do about this truth? You haven't truly learned something until you have acted upon it. Um, the background for, for what Jesus is saying here, the most important command or, or passage in the Old Testament that Jews said every day was Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one, and then goes on to talk about internalizing God's word. But in Hebrew, the word for hear and the word for heed or obey is the same word, right? The word for hear and the word for obey is the same exact word because you haven't truly listened until you've acted and done something with what you've listened. So that's my challenge to you, to be a good listener of Jesus. It's not difficult to understand the concept, but there are so many things that keep us from listening deeply. 
His words have the power to change us. So may we be the good soil that produces abundant fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we respond to this message, I thought a good, a good song to respond would be, Yet Not I, But Through Christ in Me. Because it's not our effort that changes us, but it's the power of God's word, it's the power of Christ in us by which we change. So would you stand as we prepare to go out this morning and hold these truths close to our hearts?